1: great to see you. We were just, before we started rolling, talking about our friends at College Football Ireland. Cannot wait for the next summer at the big game. Oh my gosh, it's going to
0: be incredible. And the fact that FSU is literally like the most winning they've been at 13-0 and 0 and Georgia Tech going to the bowl game. I mean, you could not ask for a better situation, have two competitive teams coming to Ireland to compete. I mean, I think people from all over are going to want to be a part of this
1: definitely uh we've got to plug college if you want to get involved with uh with that tickets that's where you're headed. we've got to get you on the next trip to fsu because that was that was a riot we've got to get you there next time
0: <laughs> i want to be a part of it see the appaloosa horse running around get involved in the chance the whole shebang so yeah i will be there next time if it's not in the nfl season let's get it done <laughs> i
1: was i had my eye on um well the game they're going to announce for 25 right because that's going to be quite indicative of where we get to go so we got we got a <laughs> you're a pretty influential person Feeds. you can put some calls in and try and get california i want usc <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah let's put those calls in now be like guys i know you really want to come to i mean they really do want to come so come on just roll sign up it up now
1: let's do it <laughs> so we got a ton to get into i'm really looking forward to talking ball with you because it's been a while it's been a while um but before we get into all of that, a couple of things I want to I want to ask you about. We've got to discuss what happened in Denver at the weekend with the sheep. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to talk- Pressing matters. <laughs> Pressing matters, lead story, forget what's happening in Carolina. I want to talk Denver and the sheep. In the scale of the most surreal things you've ever seen, and for the benefit of the gang, I'm sure everyone has seen it, but if you missed it, it was a halftime entertainment, like you've never seen before, right? Which involved kids riding sheep. Was it a race? Were they racing? They were racing. Yeah.
0: It, so essentially it's supposed to be like bull riding is my interpretation, but obviously they're kids. So I watched the whole video, which just shows how <laughs> pressing this matter was. <laughs> sure. And there are Multiple children did not make it more than two seconds on the sheep. So mm. the real winner was the one kid who held on for dear life oh. that made it to the herd of the other sheep. Ah, oh, got it. I mean, it was, yeah, it was intense. It was Colorado to a T. They love their, <laughs> their bull riding. But I mean, I've never seen anything like that.
1: <laughs> what else can we can we get more animals involved with the NFL at halftime? <laughs> Let's I feel see. we I can. Mean,
0: They do the dog racing, they used to do the puppy bowl.
1: Yeah, the um, Puppy Bowl, of course. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then we're spinning off the whole Air Bud franchise, right? <laughs> when, Air Bud, when Air Bud, I think, joined the NFL. And um, the gang will know, there's Air Bud is a deep-seated love of that movie franchise. I think it was Airbud Golden Receiver uh, was the golden uh, retriever, <laughs> receiver, anyway. <laughs> it's a brilliant play words. So we could get that rebooted. I think it's time for a new Airbud. Um I was right. thinking that maybe we Could get and he's typically busy at halftime back in the locker room, but maybe we could talk to Miami and have Tyreek Hill racing an actual cheetah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd watch that.
0: I think, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It would be a great warm up for him, right? Keep yeah. it, yeah.
1: keep
0: everything firing, and yeah, yeah, I think that makes total sense because what cheetahs can run up to what 25 miles an hour. Is yeah, that
1: right? I, I think, yeah, that's that's a deep dive into back to school. <laughs> it's something like 26. 25 26 miles an hour, yeah. So that's um, good. That's a race, it's a race,
0: it is a race, actually. I wonder who has like the most explosive burst, right? Maybe, exactly. You know.
1: how, how long is that? Yeah, is it like 25 <laughs> yards? Ah, this is the pro. This is a pro ball edition, just wait, wait to happen there. Um, other ideas we should put this out to the gang at the NC show. What halftime animal related entertainment you, do you want to see? And it could involve you could have. Vita Veya, Arm Wrestling a Bear. We could have <laughs> and the idea is can we all send them to the NFL? Uh Perfect. we've both got like Brendan High Places, Shadowy League figures, as Greg Rosenthal would say. We'll try and get him... Yeah, we'll try and get him onto onto <laughs> the, the Pro Bowl roster. Um I should also uh, apologize, Phoebe, once again. There's no Ollie uh once again on, on the show. It's just me and you. Um he's a part-timer. Yeah, I feel like he is. <laughs> I feel I feel like I need some of your coaching, Savvy, here because I don't know what what would Coach Phoebe say to try and get Ollie motivated right now? Because I just feel he's compared to Ben, Iron Mike brings it every week. I feel Ollie's mm-hmm. just he's just, you know, I'm not saying we've got a like a, a Deontay Steelers kind of issue here, but we're getting <laughs> it feels like we're getting close to that that right now.
0: Yeah. You know, I think he's just feeling like he should be in the spotlight, really, you know, sure. and he's getting a bit jealous. So, you know, you just realize that we all have these roles within our team and he has to fulfill his role to the highest. And part of that role is being here with us and really producing the show.
1: Yeah. That's a really fair point. He did. I think <laughs> it's going to his head, the on camera, on mic stuff. He just is more in that. in that now. OK, well, uh, we'll, we'll definitely sit him down and, and have a chat yeah, with yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Let's let's get down to it. Let's talk. Let's talk. We got to lead off with of Carolina, right? And Frank Reich out of the door. I mean, within a season, right? So, how firstly, how surprised were you at this news? Obviously, Carolina are struggling. They're they're a train wreck this season, but we figured they would be. And it doesn't feel like there are um, there's kind of dysfunctional elements to it that you might have seen, say, with what was happening in Vegas with McDaniel's, right? It, it feels like it's quite a knee jerk decision.
0: Yeah. And I think that kind of plays into really who David Tepper is, right? He's mm-hmm. a, a hedge fund guy. And, you know, for him, money, it's, it's just a, a transaction. And I think there's, it feels like there's no real longevity here. And one of the interesting things is looking at how many head coaches are the Panthers actually still paying? Because you still yeah, have sure. Matt Rule, who you're paying something like forty million left on his contract. Now you'll have Frank Reich. Um, y- you know it's just incredible when you think about how many coaches are still going to be paid for the next six, seven years. But yeah. money is not quite an object in that in that yeah. situation. And that's that's
1: a great point because it's so counterintuitive when you have got a guy's made his entire fortune on playing playing the edge and playing the markets. And he's just fiscally burning, burning stuff really, really irrationally. With Tepper, he's an interesting character as you say, is a hedge funder. And look, there are a lot of different characters in the NFL. Some who the owner teams, you know, some who've inherited it and generationally, others who are self-made. And um, uh, and Tepper obviously is is very much that uh, that prototype. Nevertheless, he's still pretty new and raw to to the game, and it's often an issue. Jerry Jones has had you know, a long standing tenure in in Dallas gets involved as a GM as well. And it kind of is accepted and he's embedded in it. And he's got the experience, even if Dallas haven't had a huge amount of success for the last couple of decades, but someone like Tepper is a much raw and newer character. He was front and center yesterday with, you know, with the media explaining his decision. What did you make of that? What do you make of Tepper like stepping up and, and owning the decision? Well,
0: I think, I love. First of all, I love accountability. Whether we agree with it or not, I think it's really important to be able to take that that point. But I, I, for me, I think a lot of the issues come back to the draft, right? If you're saying, "Hey, we are not all in on this number one draft pick in Bryce Young," yeah, why why on earth are we going for it, right? If you're if because you, Tepper's come out now and said, "Hey, we wanted Stroud," yeah, so if you're saying that your head coach is saying something else. If you're not all in, don't go for that person. Yeah. And I think that kind of is the initial start point because then you have this parallel where Stroud is doing really well. He's yeah. doing great and you're, you know, they're such opposites and I think there's no way to ignore that point, right? And these two quarterbacks unfortunately are going to be compared for the rest of their lives because they mm. are this same, same draft, team. yeah. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of stress on that. I I think he kind of Again. just on that Phoebe, he
1: kind of he tried to qualify it, didn't he, by saying we figured that the Texans would take Bryce. So we so we you know, we thought, you know, we thought we were gonna get Stroud. And then he kind of backtracked, right? He kind of changed he, he was it was quite a kind of confused message, wasn't it, that he was giving. And everyone came out of it. As you say, inevitably they're being competitive. Yeah. Cause because CJ Stroud's having such an incredible season, it's yeah. just fanning the, the flames of dysfunction right now.
0: Yeah, precisely. I mean, and and for Stroud, maybe if he didn't do so poorly on his test, you know, people would have looked at him totally different because that was Mm -hmm. really his his main downfall. Um, But I I still stick with, if you can't agree on who your first round draft pick is, who you're saying, this is going to be our franchise guy. I don't know how you move forwards with that. But I mean, Tepper's, you know, they they own teams, the MLS, and they've been firing people, you know, their head coaches from Charlotte Football Club as well. So it's not it's not just the NFL piece. It's, I think it's just a mindset of, okay, this isn't working for us next, you know, we're going to keep moving on until we find who that right fit is. And money is not really an object. And I think ultimately uh, for me, I don't feel like, I mean, Frank Reich's made it two thirds of a season. I don't think it's necessarily fair to be firing him at this point, especially when there's no offensive line. There's, um, you know, his name, his main receiver essentially is Adam Thielen. Like, how are you going to be successful when that's your situation? Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, and, and truthfully, I saw this really great thing that Bryce Young actually has like the highest percentage of passes charted as highly accurate, but the lowest percentage of throws where his receiver has separation. So mm. is that on him or is that on, again, the supporting cast, when you know, you've got the smallest quarterback, in the league, essentially leading your team.
1: So have you seen enough? Uh, that's a really fascinating stat. Have you seen enough from Bryce Young? Because CJ Stroud's an outlier, isn't he? Like most rookie quarterbacks, don't play this well, and particularly in the situation he's in. So now we've got a reasonable amount of tape on Bryce Young, and all of these things considered, he doesn't really have weapons, as you say. They're a struggling team anyway. Clearly, something wasn't going right in the building for them to jettison from Frank Wright this early on in in that in that tenure. Have you seen enough from him to feel he's going to be okay? Or are you still a little bit juries out about him?
0: So I I do think that he is going to be okay. I mean, I remember meeting him at the draft and thinking this, everyone on our team just like fell in love with him just Mm. as a, a person to talk to. And he knows his size. He knows his abilities. What I'm unsure of is if Tepper keeps choosing new head coaches, will he ever become, you know, fall into the potential that he has? Because yeah, we've seen it multiple times, whether you're talking about a a Sam Darnold, the Trevor Lawrence guys like that, who, and again, those are two opposites, but they've never had the real support around them. And you need consistency as a young quarterback coming in the league. It doesn't matter just because you're in the, in the league doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're, you know, and you're fit for this, you need to have that support. You need someone that's going to be there for multiple years in a row. And I think that for me is the probably biggest obstacle in in Bryce Young reaching his potential
1: so true I mean uh, the name that jumps to mind is Sam Bradford right didn't Bradford have like and maybe it was offensive coordinators and not coaches but either way I mean equally instrumental like so he had like one a season for like the first seven seasons of his career like less learning a new playbook every <laughs> year I mean it's crazy so exactly. who do you think's favorite to take the take the job then or, what, oh, who are yeah. the names that will be because that whole coaching carousel is, is fascinating isn't it because there's gonna be a number we know there's a gig up for grabs in Vegas. All the talk of Belichick and the Patriots. Washington, of course, is highly expected that Riverboat Ron's going to go. So there's going to be a number of gigs out there. Carolina is, I mean, let me phrase it a different way. Is it an appealing gig right now, given Tepper's quite trigger-happy? But at the same time, you have got this potentially franchise quarterback and, and, you know, it's quite a low bar, low expectations. You can come in and get a few things rolling and already you're seeing seeing progress so is it an appealing gig do you think
0: i mean i don't at first glance it doesn't look very appealing (laughs) you know it it almost has that feel of the texans for a couple years right where they kept firing head coaches year after year until they they got ryan's but i mean the most appealing thing is that you have bryce young now they're not going to have incredibly high draft picks like they have had you know but if you can build the right the right structure around Bryce, bryce Young. it was funny i was thinking like oh i wonder if belichick would like to retire somewhere warm for once be out of new england and you know have that young quarterback yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) like
1: we're trying to get a decent uh trip to a hot state next yeah similar i love that i like that thinking. (laughs) what do you think what's your take on belichick and and the whole new england thing do you think is he going to be the patriots head coach next year or head coach somewhere else what's more likely
0: I think more likely is he'll be a head coach somewhere else. I think Mm. that he's, it's, I think where he, where they are now as the Patriots, I mean, again, with him being the head coach and the GM, it's a really tough spot. And I I think it's gotten to the point now where, you know, Kraft is going to want to move on now. I think they'll do the respectful thing and keep him to the end of the season. I mean, he is still one of the most highly respected coaches in the NFL and he has proven himself time and time again, but I don't see from an ego perspective, that that is how he'll want to go out is Mm. on a losing record, not able to do it. And so, you know, whether it's the commanders or Tampa Bay or, or the Panthers, I think he'll want to go out there and kind of prove, Hey, I can do this. I can recreate the Patriot way. My only thing is how does that work for an organization? You know, how does that work? If, if Bill Belichick's coming in saying, well, I still want to be the GM and the head coach. Like, mm. what are those dynamics?
1: Big time. Going back to what we were saying earlier about the different characters in terms of team owners uh, and leadership. And that's the last point on this, and then we'll move on. Just on this idea of, um, I guess, Tepper's inexperience and the fact that he's burning through coaches with perhaps not giving him a fair, fair crack. Because I feel Frank Reich is a, uh, you know, a, a a brilliant a brilliant offensive mind that like demonstrably has achieved at, at the highest level in the NFL. And he's, he, he's a year, not even a year in. It feels like it's really, really trigger happy. And then you flip that with, and this is the thing I, I just don't get with someone clearly as street smart in business as Tepper, right? Look at all of the, the connecting thread with every single successful franchise in the last 30 years. It's longevity and keeping the faith with your head coaches whether it's tomlin harbour belichick we're seeing it in buffalo of course and mcdermott look i mean just give give the guy a chance to, to build something it feels like it's really illogical
0: yeah and i'm sure and i'm sure someone will correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure he was a minority owner with the steelers as well which has had you know right yeah longest- yeah yeah. You know, the longest tenure. over the 100 years. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: with right. like three coaches. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so he knows what it should look like. Yeah, right. But it's, yeah, it does feel a bit like, hey, we're just going to keep, you know, moving rocks around until we pick up the right rock and then we'll mm. stick with them. But I, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if you can't even let someone finish a season. And, and like you're saying, Frank Reich is, especially like a, from a quarterback perspective, mm. I mean, it seems like a, a really nice match. For Bryce Young, it's just if you don't have an offensive line and and your poor guys being chased and you know hit every time, mm. then that's not going to help you as a team.
1: <laughs> so let's pile this into looking at a few other coaches because Oll and I, all did do a bit of work for this show. To be fair to oh, him, nice. he did <laughs> he did a, he came up with a couple of ideas. So and we were talking about. Looking, King, on a couple of other coaches. One of whom we've already mentioned, actually, in, in uh, Demico Ryan's in Houston, that are having real success this season. In contrast, so we don't want to be, you know, negative. This guy's lost his job. Let's constant, Let's accentuate the positives a little bit, and and get your perspective on why they're proving to be such such successful head coaches. So Nick Sirianni is the first name off the board because he's had instant success. If we're talking about some teams that played a long game and they realized there were going to be a few seasons before we can get things rolling. I mean, he's 10-1 and this year, of course, the best record in football, 33-12 and since he's been Eagles head coach. And it wasn't, despite the obvious talent on the roster, it wasn't, of course, a, a sure thing by any stretch because of all the divided opinion about Jalen Hurts. And he's done Jalen Hurts into a... Uh, I think a top tier quarterback. What well, do you think, Jalen Hurts is a top tier quarterback? First of all, would you? Get, in that group of Josh Allen and Burrow and Mar- is, is Hurts in that in that on the list?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we we witnessed that again uh, in the Bills game. You know, you had two yeah. top tier quarterbacks going against each other, and and they were the reason that. You know, they were successful essentially for most of that game. But yeah, I, I do think, I think Jalen Hurts, again, there was so much criticism about him saying he couldn't throw the football. Next year comes along, he's out there with these incredible passes. And, and then you add in the fact that he, again, you put a supporting cast around him. I mean, that trade to get AJ Brown was the best thing that they could have done. And it just elevated what Jalen Hurts could do.
1: You know, that's a, a really good shot because. I think Harry Rose, Rose was probably considered the best GM in the game right now. I mean, I think most people would say that. Yeah. And so he's got, he's got a big part to play in this, but take him aside and it's a significant part, the personnel and the roster he's constructed and how sharp he is in, in dealing, but Sirianni, what makes him, what has made him such a successful head coach so quickly, do you think?
0: I Well, I, I think first off, he fully embodies Philadelphia. <laughs> sure. I mean, and and that plays a big role. Yeah. If you and I love the fact that him and Jalen Hurts are actually so opposite, right? Jalen Hurts is like calm, cool, collected. Mm. And Sirianni is like, oh, rah, 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 getting in your face, wanting to fight people, talking smack <laughs> the fans, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it's you know, great.
0: Philly fans love that. The team love that. You see that trust. He believes in them. He's done a really great job of being one of them while still being able to carry that leadership role. And then obviously the the coaches that you bring in, you know, with what they've done like with John Jonathan Gannon and, and Shane Steichen, like, you know, you're building a great coaching tree. And so mm. I think sometimes because he kind of is so authentic, I mean, I don't know, you probably remember at the Super Bowl last year when he was just bawling his eyes out. Mm. Right. I mean, like that element of vulnerability and authenticity I think means so much to his players and um he lets them be exactly who they are. And I think it helps. He's got a great He's got a great team in terms of leaders from inside, like Jason Kelsey and obviously yeah. Jalen Hurts. I mean, the defense alone is incredible. Their depth that they have and I mean, they just seem to have all the pieces of the puzzle together. And and truthfully, I don't think they're they're even firing on all cylinders yet. I think they're finding ways to win and that's not even them like peaked at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, that's our game is live on, on Talk Sport 2. Uh, unsurprisingly this this Sunday night the 49ers Eagles one of the games of the season. Cannot wait for that. Just on um on emotion and, and I'm really interested to to deep dive a bit on this. So we've talked a lot over the years about different coaching styles and what works and and how coaching is changing as well and how you get someone like McDaniel who quite clearly has a connection with his players partly because of age as well right we, we talked a lot about that and if you've got a Coughlin kind of old school head coach and OC and J-Bell have told told us you know many times over the years how even though there was a big age gap there was a a connection with Coughlin but it's a different kind of connection right and and the game's changing things are evolving and and you've got a, a guy now like Sirianni as you rightly say who wears his heart on his sleeve does that create this sense of um I guess surety amongst his players and a Uh, a a feeling in the environment that you can make mistakes and you can speak your mind. And it's, there's a really liberal free environment to operate in. Is that the kind of core, uh, a a part of the success anyway, that there are players just feel really settled and can express themselves without feeling like they've got to put a mask on and be guarded.
0: Yeah. And and that's how you're going to get the most out of people. You know, you're, you're pretty much together 24 seven And if you're coming to work every day, feeling like "Hmm, stress, I have to walk on eggshells. I can't be myself. You know, that's going to change how you approach things every day Mm. from, from in classrooms on the field. And so I feel like all those athletes there, he's found a way to, to have a, have a scheme that is built around the strengths of his players. And Mm. so therefore you want your players to be literally themselves because that's how you're going to be successful. And, and again, I think that's really hard because when you show up every day in the NFL world, you could potentially be fired. But how do you create right. that family environment? And I think he's done a really great job of that and continues to do a really great job of that because that's what we're, we're witnessing the success on the field.
1: Yeah, I was listening to this interview the other day with a coach in different sport. Um, well, it was a discussion about this coach, I should say, in, in football, who barely talks to his players, like barely talk, like uh, unless he's given them instruction. But around the facility like in training doesn't look to any of them i mean like diametric opposite but that team's really successful so it's a but head scratchy like totally different
0: well yeah i mean and look at look at belichick that is sure. an old school way of coaching right yeah I, mean, yeah I know that they're not in a good place but he won't even say mac jones's name he won't even you won't even talk about him like that and yeah. that's not i mean that's different because it's not a healthy relationship but <laughs> the way that he coaches is so hard yeah. and it's almost a tough position because not many people nowadays, these athletes are younger. They're not, right. they're not going to take to that style of yeah. coaching. So it's really interesting. I'd be interested to know who you are watching because then, and I don't, I'm not saying I know anything about him, but it'd be interesting to know, well, is the leadership within the locker yeah. room really so strong?
1: It was, it was, Um. it was an in- a discussion about Spurs um, and uh, Aj Postacoglu, who is, by all accounts a brilliant guy whenever he does media everyone loves you know he's a and he's a heart and sleep kind of guy and, and he gives very earnest and forthright interviews but this was uh yeah just discussing his manage, managerial style is is unorthodox in that way but i didn't hear to be fair to him i didn't hear enough of the piece to to um join the dots of whether this is something that he introduces part of the week whether it's with certain so i don't know if his uniform style just spurs fans out there that are kicking off like oh you know anything <laughs> about this whether okay. he's just yeah but but it sounds to me he is um and i think the, the point they were making was in contrast to his public persona and how he clearly is and he's a guy i mean he's a fascinating guy who was on the fr- fringes is the wrong word but he was in roles for much of his career very um a very different level to where he is now you know one of the top premier league sides and uh you know the o- opportunity that he has at spurs he kind of rolled for a long time you know without getting those opportunities and he's talked very openly about that but i think he is quite um this interesting mix of authoritarian and and heart on sleeve. but it, it's a great point you make on the generational change in players i think that maybe that is something to do with with what's happening at at the Patriots brilliant that Belichick is. I wonder if times are just changing now. And there is understandably a difficulty in adapting when he'd been so successful that way for, for so long.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, And you don't have the same players. I think he was able to coach as hard as he was because you have a Tom Brady and there aren't many Tom Brady's anymore, especially in the younger generation. I think there's, you know, there's guys that want to work hard and they have that, but, you're not going to be able to coach Mac Jones the same way that you would with, with Tom Brady. And they've always had this mm. way of making more with less, you know, they've not always had the talent, but I think now you've got lack of talent. You've got a, a lack of being able to kind of fit that, that methodology. And it's just kind of all coming to a very un, 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 not pretty look at the moment. Yeah,
1: It is. <laughs> uh, it, it's ending badly. Kind of like, um, Definitely, at least one of our nights out at FSU. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> we got there. I'm, about. So ex- I'm
0: so jealous. I wasn't
1: there. I'm, oh, there's the last time I mentioned it. Um, <laughs> I think Ben's still there. Actually, we just left him there. it's yeah. <laughs> the best time. <laughs> it's the happiest I've ever seen him. Um, okay, let's talk Shane Steichen. Actually, mentioned Steichen, of course, and was was at Philly with with Sirianni. He has had a a really, really, I think, under the radar good season. Right, the Colts are in the the Colts are in the mix. I mean, how is this happening? And there's a lot about Steichen that I think is really interesting. I was deep diving him a little bit, and I found this Steichen fun fact, right? He was at the Browns in 2013 uh, under, do you remember Rob Chajinski? He's a one-and-done guy, poor Rob. Um, And he was uh, on the offensive side of the ball, obviously, assisting the quarterbacks as a quality control coach, right? Listen to this. This blew my mind. Not least because it just threw out players I haven't thought about in 10 years. So three starting quarterbacks that season, each of them had 300 yard or more passing performances for the first time in franchise history. And that's, according to NFL stats and info, the only six sixth time that's happened in NFL history, right? Three different starters that at some point in the season throw for at least 200 yards. And they were Ryan Hoyer, Jason Campbell and Brandon Whedon. you <laughs> remember Brandon Whedon. <laughs> so clearly Stiker was dropping, oh dropping some heavyweight stuff early on to get those kind of performances out. So when yeah. you think about that, it kind of makes sense. But I mean, Stiker, are you surprised at, at the Colts with Richardson going down? Here they are. I, you know, it's
0: great to see, especially after getting in Anthony Richardson, the injuries that occurred. I mean, everyone kind of thought, like, yes, this is us. We're going to be able to do this. Four games later. Um, but I think what was really smart is, again, bringing Gardner Minshew. He worked with him in Philly. He understands the operation. Again, bringing in a guy that you've worked with who knows your playbook really yeah. helps also to install that playbook with younger players too. So bringing him in, and I think how you create a system that fits someone like Richardson, who's a very different style of quarterback, and then find a way to – kind of rotate that to fit a totally different style in in Gardner Minshew is so impressive and you know I I like his aggressive nature on the field I like you know when he'll go for it Um, Mm. so it's it's been really exciting to watch the Colts who you know no one expected them to be where they are right now
1: (laughs) and 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 particularly look at look at the um, talent positions this was a point I was making actually when we were when we were catching up on, on topics for today's show, he was making the point that all of the, many of the key skill positions, um, so obviously Pittman Moss, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Downs, they're all just, you know, they're all hitting that ceiling. Like they're all stepping up that you have to look first and foremost at coaching when that is happening. Right.
0: Yeah. Massively. And, and I, you know, to look at where they were last year and and all of them were, were quiet essentially Mm. productivity and so I agree. And I, I still think that goes back to this kind of new wave of coordinators and head coaches where you are you are looking at who you have as players and then you're building on those strengths. And they've done a really great job. I mean, I think, you know, Gardner again is one of those guys who can I like the saying, he taketh and he giveth, right? So he can make things so exciting and he can he can take these risks. And then sometimes he, you know, turns the ball over a lot of yeah, time.
1: Yeah, we can live with that because he's we so much live fun to watch. We
0: it. can live with that because now he's got guys who understand how he operates and he's able to divvy that football around to him. And he just makes the whole team make it so fun to watch them right now. I mean, Jonathan Taylor alone, he's just an unbelievable – I mean, the workload he's able to take and, you know, after not playing, you know, for the first half of the year essentially for him to come in and, and he's still – Building up. I mean, we talked to him when we were in Frankfurt and he was like, Man, just getting back in that first like couple games, he's like, Oh, you feel like you get hit by a, a truck. He's like, yeah.' got yeah, yeah. up those repetitions.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I love that. And I love i'll give a shout out to the gridiron crew because their cover of their latest issue is about running backs reclaiming uh reclaiming a bit of respect, which is yeah, I love to see that. It's, <laughs> it's something I've been rabbiting on about for ages. And this season feels like it is okay, enough already. We are we deserve a bit more respect, and I, I love to see that. And he's right at the forefront of that. One more before we take a quick break. Tamika Ryans, obviously, is, is coach of the season. Carlson's pushing that pushing that bandwagon, coach of the season. He might be right.
0: Yeah. When Iron Mike says it, we're probably right, you know. Fair, fair point. When I, it's
1: locked and loaded. <laughs> locked it is in. locked
0: and loaded. But he, look at what he's done. I mean, it is unheard of. First off, CJ Stroud is setting records. But, I mean, it's unheard of for a rookie quarterback to come in and to be as successful as he has been. And, I mean, if you watch C.J. Stroud, his his movement in the pocket, his poise, the way that he is just comfortable and calm, cool, collected. And, you know, I love to watch him play. And then you add in Tank Dell, who, again, mm-hmm. another rookie. You're 11 games in, and these guys are absolutely killing it together. And uh, there was one clip I saw a couple weeks ago of C.J. Stroud after – the game, running over to D'Amico Ryan's, just giving him a massive hug, being like, you know, you, you believed in me. I did this for you. Like, and yeah, about what that takes to build that bond. And yeah, yeah, you know, I, I just think it's unbelievable. And I, I do really think like when you've got a head coach who is kind of that, like he was a, he was a middle linebacker, right. When you played and mm. you have this ultimate level of, of leadership because they're mm. essentially your, your quarterback on the defense, but you've got this, ability to like pull people together and you lead with heart and emotion. And mm. I think he's done that. He's found a great way to relate to his players. And I think he absolutely has to be in kind of head coach of the year conversations for what he has done with the Texans, taking them from zero to hero.
1: Yeah. That is such a brilliant point you make. Just thinking about all, you know, the head coaches that that we've interviewed and been close to over the years and whether it is old school Belichick Coughlin or it's McDaniel. You McVeigh, there's there's Pete Carroll, right? I mean, he's he's you know just a real juxtaposition of the two, right? He's like a 26 year old in the body of a whatever he is, but all of them. I remember when I sat down with with Flores when he was still at Miami. You 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 within seconds you're following this guy. You'll follow this guy anywhere, and all of them have that, don't they? Whether whatever their style is, you're following them.
0: Yeah, and that's what you need because you need someone to trust, to believe, to buy in. I mean you know, to take it kind of somewhere else, you got Sean Payton in the Broncos, who you can see that the buy-in is help is happening mm. now. It's taken a while, but it is happening. And Amiga Ryan's has that you will run through a brick wall for him. And, and, you know, I think that's pretty powerful, especially to see because, you know, the Houston's aren't easy team to play for, you know, the, the ownership kind of runs everything. And, I think, you know, you've had this history of losing. No one expected you to be as great as you were. And they are they are taking that. And I think he is going to be an, a, a head coach for years, but he's also like what he's built now with CJ Stroud is incredible.
1: Uh, it's well, what, the, what probably singularly the best story of the season, I think, is the, yeah. <laughs> the success story in Houston. Incidentally, you got me thinking, you talked about Sirianni really embracing the culture in Philly. Maybe that's what Sean Payton needs to do to kind of complete the circle there in Denver and get on a sheep at halftime.
0: <laughs> I think that's really,
1: really I think <laughs> we've that'll. seen them dance
0: after games before. I mean, this is like the next best thing.
1: Logical next step. There we go. Um, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Cause Ollie will kill me if we don't, when we come back, thieves you're going to pick your the units that surprised you the most this season did ollie let you know you were going to be doing that or is that which is to, to be he fair did. He did. God. <laughs> and most importantly of all your top three snacks during nfl games as well which i think if we bring this whole episode full circle we start with important stuff we're going to end with, <laughs> with important stuff and we'll just put it's that done. minor football chat in between we're coming <laughs> back uh, right after these messages from our sponsors Welcome back to the Nat Coombs Show. People checked in the house, right? We're going to wrap with snacks. We're going to do that. We'll do that in a bit. We're going to. You're going to pick. your the units that have surprised you the most, and that could be good or bad, right? I'm I'm guessing, or are you keeping it all pretty much glass half full, positive?
0: I think I've got three good, one bad. So okay, three keep- good, one bad. Yeah, yeah, we can go with we'll go with a what is it a compliment sandwich or whatever where you go like nice good, yeah. negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> negative, the rest is good. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So let, let's start good then.
0: Okay, I said good was actually the the Bucks offense. Mm. I am so surprised that they have been as successful as they have been. Baker Mayfield at the helm. I mean, what he's done in terms of Mike Evans stepping up big time. It's yeah. nice to see Mike Evans playing the way that we've known him to be um, and, and same with Chris Godwin, right? I mean, I think they've really found a way to make things happen. I mean, he's got a Mayfield's got an incredible passer rating. I think he was 101.5 um, and he's, he's found a way to kind of guide a like low risk Type of offense, yeah. But then when the big plays open up, he he's a, being a good decision maker.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's so compelling to watch, Baker, isn't he? I mean, the the world needs the NFL needs Baker Mayfield's playing football. It might not be might not be the greatest, the most talented, but you just feel better watching a Baker Mayfield game, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I, yeah. I
1: I I, lo- I lo- I'm really fascinated by this Bucks team, but I've gone on I've gone on a, a few times on record this season saying that I still think particularly that defense is the veteran defense, how yeah. disrespected they were being in the off season. That this is a two win team. Just thinking there's something about this team. I would love to see them sneak in the back door of the playoffs and cause an upset in the wild card round. It'd be great, wouldn't it?
0: Exactly. Oh my gosh. That would be, And that would be so Baker Mayfield. As so well. Baker to do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Baker.
1: <laughs> okay. So I love that. That's so uh, the, yeah, the Bucks offense. That's a great start, right? Are we going, so we're going good, bad, good, good, or good, good, bad, good? We'll
0: go good, bad, because then we just keep building on mm. And Then we
1: again. keep going up. Okay, All right, so yeah. bad.
0: Bad. I mean, so I'm going to go I'm, – I'm one honorable mention, because we already know that they're bad, is the mm. Panthers' offense. So we don't need to really talk about them. Yeah. But I'm going to go Raiders' offense, because that mm. has just been a disaster, to be honest. I think from the moment that they released Derek Carr last year to bring in Jimmy G, you know, multiple conversations from people – you know, Devonte Adams complaining and, and mm. the only and not to go on defense, but Max Crosby is their entire defense. I just think that <laughs> yeah. whole kind of system losing Josh McDaniels, it's just it's just not a great position for anybody to be in And they've had poor luck over the past few years. But I think people thought maybe the offense would have been able to do something but it's just been, it been poor every game,
1: essentially. You're such a good point. I, I think the surprising, I thought they were going to be really interesting under McDonald. I thought they yeah. were going to be, you know, that kind of shootout there. They might concede 35, but they're going to score 38 every week. I thought it would be that kind of team, just fun to watch. But yeah. there's something fundamentally wrong as well when players are smoking cigars. <laughs> cigar. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? It's unbelievable. <laughs> You know, no, that was crazy. that was messy. All right. So, yeah, fair. Good shout as well on the Raiders. All right. So, we're back to good.
0: Okay. Good. So, let's go. I'm uh, Bron- uh, sorry. Let's go Chiefs defense.
1: Yeah. Love that.
0: They have been, I mean, so in the past, it's always been the Chiefs offense that's leading the way, but Chiefs defense has been almost their starring role this entire season when Mahomes has been struggling. You know they've not able been able to connect with certain receivers. I mean, it, the first couple of games when Kelsey was out, like it's mm. the Chiefs defense who has kept them in so many of these games. Whether it's takeaways, their ability to get sacks, I, I just mm. love how I mean they're fifth in scoring as a defense. Chris Jones is a machine. It, it's just they're They are the best part of the Chiefs right now.
1: Really are and. It's terrifying, I think, for the rest of the NFL because, you know, as we've already actually seen in even the last week with the offense just starting to hang out in that gear higher, like they are going to, it's like they're peaking. They're going to, the offense will peak and Andy Reid's going to have all kinds of magic tricks of the playoffs. I mean, they're, they are going to, they're in the Super Bowl, aren't they? They're going to be, right? They're going to be.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, it would be, it'd be tough to say they wouldn't be. I mean, just because of, Again, they're a team that are just going to keep building and building, and they're they're going to correct their mistakes. I mean, what are you going to say? Catch the football? Obviously, everyone knows. MBS, all those guys know that those was the fundamentals they need to work on. But yeah, they they will find a way to win. And if they and if it's a rematch against the Eagles, like Oof. that is when was the last time we've ever seen anything like that where two Super Bowl teams come back and meet each other again?
1: And we, and in Vegas as well, of course, that the perfect backdrop for that. I'm getting a little bit worried about Vegas fees. We talk about on the show because I'm flying in on the Saturday. Oh, I mean smash and grab, flying in on the Saturday, game Sunday, back Monday. So if I a jet it. lag from FSU, I'm going to be. I'm going oh to a shivering wreck <laughs> how are
0: you going to survive?
1: I, I will recreate a casino at home for when I get back and just you know those noises in the Vegas casinos in the slots that are really reassuring <laughs> 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 I just Oxygen have that
0: pumping in. I'm big in no
1: clocks <laughs> that's oh what I'm going to do um, okay so that is a uh, great shout uh, Chiefs D and the last last but by no means least oh
0: this was so this was tough because I actually I had a couple different options on here. I have three written down still, for which I thought were good. Um, honorable mention again goes to Texans O oh, because we know that yep. they're doing a great job. Um, and then I was between the Broncos and the Browns defense. Again, both mm-hmm. of these, like let's say Browns defense, even when the Browns were terrible, the defense was great, and Miles Garrett in particular was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. You know, with all the changing quarterbacks that they've had and you know, DTR being in, I mean, they still are doing a great job of takeaways, of pressure, of, you know, changing the coverage up. And so I think it's hard not to like give them credit, but also Bronco's defense.
1: Unreal in the last six weeks, right? Unreal.
0: Yeah. Like ever since they kind of got their doors blown off by Hmm. Miami, it was like something clicked and they're starting to really pull it all together. I mean, the fact that they could almost find a way to get like get in the wild card round, it's just yeah. unbelievable to
1: think that based off of the first half of the season. Yeah, you thought they were absolutely done. Is I mean, we were talking about yeah. Russell Wilson. Is it the worst trade in history? Yeah. Is Peyton was it? You know, all of these things came out, and now suddenly, yeah, their yeah. their t- timing is everything. Right, I mm-hmm. I can relate a lot to that defeat uh, that they suffered against Miami with my my team, my five a side team, the Galacticos. We had a big oh, defeat, Thebes, yeah. earlier in the season, and we kind of regrouped and said, okay, we're we're better than this. Better than this, uh, and since then we've been on a roll. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of obvious parallels there, right? Between... I think
0: so. Yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> I like... your equivalent of the NFL. So,
1: I, I like. To, I mean, it's the similar kind of level. So, I like yeah. to think it is. That is a great. <laughs> that is a great top four. All right, we're gonna do your top three snacks. but One quick question on the Bills uh, for you, because we've got it. It's, I think it's contractual obligation. We're going to ask you about <laughs> the Bills. At least one thing about them. Looking at this running, this was something that I, Mike, and I kind of touched on, and then it. Percolated in my mind a bit, and I got a theory here with the Bills. I think you're gonna like the theory, Feeds. Okay. Everyone's saying they're probably done now after that defeat. They're probably done, not least because of their running. But I think if we're bringing a few points together, timing, getting things right at the right time, as we've seen time and again in the NFL, that's what it's all about. They got the Chiefs, Cowboys, Charges, Pats, and Dolphins. Charges and Pats, yeah, we we can give them. Dolphins' last game of the season, maybe not a huge amount riding on it. Chiefs and Cowboys, if they win at least one of those two, galvanizing the team, we can still do this. I think they could get to the playoffs and go in there with real belief that they've run the gauntlet and they made it.
0: Yeah, I think they can. And and I think this bye week is so important for them. I mean, it's one of the latest ones that you have. And, you know, they dealt with – so many injuries again from the time they left London, especially defensively, you know, you get people feeling healthy again. I, I, that game against Eagles, they could have won that, you know, Gabe Davis just cuts it inside and he's wide open on his own, you know, the missed field goals. They did everything right. And I think Josh Allen, we got to watch Allen versus Hertz, but two of the most, you know, prolific quarterbacks that we have in the league right now. And I think, if you've got that belief and you're going into this and you've got all of Buffalo behind you, I feel like that is super powerful. I think they could, but they've got to take down it. And you know, the chiefs is one thing, but the Cowboys, Mm. it depends on who shows up. Yeah. Yeah. If They're the Cowboys that we watched the other week and they're coming in dominating. That's one thing. If it's the Cowboys that sometimes show up, it's yeah. I mean, I have, I always have belief in my bills. Yeah. It's been a tough year for them, but I do think they can
1: do it. Can do it. And then just the swagger they'll have, the underdog. Yeah. Everyone wrote us off. Like dangerous, yeah. dangerous proposition if they make the playoffs. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for them. It'd be great to see yes. in the playoffs. All right. Your top three snacks. Now this is because we all know, of course, your snack game on Sky, your snack game generally full stop. Um <laughs> we certainly would have had some we had some good snacks in at Aviva at Dublin, didn't we? a chips and curry sauce, I think, was something that particularly stood out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> out there. Uh so what are your because you got a long list here, what are your top three to have while watching a game? So for the for the gang at home, when they're settling down this weekend to obviously they'll have Sky Sports on. The sound turned up when you were on, but turned down with the radio on. Obviously. So that, they have obviously have both. What are they? What are they tucking into? What What's Phoebe's top three?
0: So I'm always gonna say nachos. Those are always a win. But you have to go mm. chips, cheese, chips, cheese. You gotta uh, layer. it. I gotta layer. Okay. Key. So nachos with your dips, always a winner. Yeah. Um, you need to have something sweet. So for mm. me, I love peanut butter M and M's. Those are oh,
1: my. I love them. Oh, Great. So show. Good
0: so good. And then lastly, you know, I I think it's, do you have people over? Do you not? What are you doing? Um, but I think you do need to have some sort of like, I mean, dips are always the way to go. You can do like seven layer dips or, um, you know, anything that's like, Friendly and sharing. yeah
1: yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Carrot sticks in a mix with the dips.
0: Yeah, exactly. Some melted, you know, brie with oh, some sort of like love walnuts and honey or maple syrup. Mm.
1: The all the healthy stuff, basically. Really surprised <laughs> me that all the healthy stuff. You surprised me that that's something we should tell to the college Chocolate island guys about they got chips and curry sauce at the Aviva, but we need melted brie for the uh, FSU Georgia game. Again, a high getting, priority. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely make, make that a very important thing to, to reference to them. Phoebe, it's always an absolute pleasure. You know, we said just before we started rolling, I said a chat for about 40 minutes. I think we've gone way, we've gone way over that. So <laughs> sorry sorry for that, but it's always a pleasure talking to you. And we just, we just roll off on all kinds of different things. Uh, and it is a joy uh, to behold for our listeners anyway, having you on, on the show it's great to see you. Uh, great to see everything rolling for you.
0: Thank you so much. And same to you. And hopefully get to see each other in real life soon before Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: Otherwise you'll see me kind of probably at the airport on Monday. Like, oh my the God, zombies. look at that poor guy. Yeah. It's <laughs> <What's> that? <laughs> Who's that poor man? Let's help let's, him. <laughs> let's go and help him on the flight. Look after yourself. See you soon. You too. Thanks. Podcast Network.